This is exactly right. favorite murder the mini-sode that's karen kilgariff that's georgia hardstark hi the end <laughs> oh that's enough enough explanation period <laughs> it's sunday night yep we're all it ready really to... feels it feels like sunday night to me very <laughs> much i just woke up from one of those naps where it was light outside when i fell asleep and it's dark outside now and so the rest of the night is ruined <laughs> completely <laughs> I did a little napping in the middle of the day Mm -hmm. uh, while I was trying to watch a documentary series. So then I have to go back and like rewatch it to find where I fell asleep. And not just where you fell asleep, but like where you stopped being there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which could be 10 minutes. That's 10 minutes. What if I fall asleep right on this? (laughs) (laughs) Because this conversation's so boring. All right, let's start. Okay, you go first. I can go first. Okay, go first. What do you want? What What do you want? Oh, I don't care. I'm good. I'm good. What about your needs? (laughs) (laughs) You want me to do it? Oh yeah, yeah. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. This says the subject line is farming childhood trauma. Dear Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and pets. I'll save the compliments and cut right to my story. In Minnesota 209, you asked for childhood trauma stories, and boy, do I have one for you. (laughs) I was in the eighth grade, and my brother Keith was in sixth grade. It was Mother's Day. My mom wanted nothing more for us. Uh, then to plant a tree for her. Aww. We went We went to the greenhouse and we were on our way back when we noticed our neighbor's cows were out. We live in semi-rural Wisconsin, so this was a normal occurrence, especially since we had our own dairy farm, too. These neighbor's cows always got out, so it was common a common neighborhood occurrence. My dad dropped off my brother and I and told us to get our two ATVs to help push the cows back into our neighbor's pasture. My brother ran out of the house as I put on a pair of boots, so I was behind him him i came out of the house two minutes later and found him lying face down in our dirt barn driveway my grandma carol who lives across the road this is so rural like farming setup grandma carol lives across the road and she was watching them out the front window so my grandma carol who lives across the road came running toward me and told me my brother had rolled off the at and had atv and had been thrown off oh my god my mom who materialized out of nowhere was trying to calm 13 year old me and my grandma down while also calling 911 and making sure my brother was okay she was a registered nurse and had the necessary training for these situations because she was a badass Hmm. my mom assured all of us my brother was just unconscious and everything would be fine as she hopped into the back of the ambulance well it turns out it wasn't the ambulance took my brother to our local hospital they found he had a skull fracture and a brain bleed my brother was taken on the flight for life helicopter from that hospital to children's hospital of wisconsin the local sheriff's deputy who showed up at the scene and was at the hospital getting my parents statements overheard my brother had to be flight for life to children's so the deputy told my parents there was no way they were driving to children's hospital while dealing with such major trauma so the officer gave my parents a personal escort to children's hospital in waatosa which is spelled w-a-u-w-a-t-o-s-a so if they didn't put it in parentheses the way they did i would have never gotten that right sure Wa'atosa. 
My dad says that's the only time he's ever ridden in the back of a cop car, but also remembers that they were keeping pace doing 90 plus miles an hour on the I-94 with the helicopter sirens blaring. Oh my God. If you're wondering where I am throughout this portion of the story, I was at home on our dairy farm of approximately 65 milking cows and 50 heifers and calves. I, a 13 year old at the time, was left in charge of everything. Holy (laughs) shit. That's not like a little farm. That's a no. That's a whole Six, company. 65 cows. <laughs> it's truly, it's cheese central. Okay. <clears throat> I, I assign tasks to the neighbors and family for helping to take care of our animals and to get things done while my parents were at the hospital. My brother survived and had a full recovery with no loss of any brain functions. Ooh. I credit this trauma with teaching all of us to be slow and work safer on the farm. It also gave all of us a really dark sense of humor. As for my brother, all that's left of that day is a long scar on the side of his head that he uses to pick up girls. Uh, He was going to say, that's cool. (laughs) That's hot. Hey, what's up, Frankenstein? Hey. Um, He turned 26 this past Wednesday and he works as a diesel mechanic. Hi. Hey, mechanic with a scar. What's up? Stay sexy and always wear a helmet, especially when wrangling your neighbor's cows. L. P.S. I live, I currently live in Monroe, Wisconsin, and that is the cheese capital of the world, not Athens, Wisconsin, contrary to popular belief. Humble brag, but I actually do know the cheese, (laughs) the cheese days ambassador, a.k.a. the cheese days queen. She's pretty cool. Let me know if you would like me to connect you. Uh, would we like you to? Co- yes. Free Hi. cheese. Does she, question. Does she get free cheese for during her reign? That's question. my only. Can she roll down the street on, on a giant cheese wheel like we fantasized? So this one's called Old Timey Wild West Murder. Hometown library librarian story. And we need we love librarian stories. Hi, Queens. Stephen and pets included. I'm a grad student getting my degree in library and information sciences so I can do cool shit in archives. I used to work in an archives department at the at a university library and was tasked with digitizing old newspaper clippings written by this guy, Alfred Doten. Besides being a terrible racist human in general, oh. <laughs> he loved to write about murder. One of the most interesting murders he talked about in his column was the murder of Julia Boulette in 1867. I'm too lazy to find the articles and feel like you wouldn't want to read uh, Doton's terrible handwriting. Think old timey cursive, but super shaky because he was always drunk. So I'll give you a quick, a quick <laughs> synopsis. What a bummer to be like tasked to archive an absolute piece of shit's writing yeah you're trying to pick through get the information and leave the racism and shaky handwriting behind right. that's a bummer that's a bummer right. so juliette Boulet was born in london in the uh 18 in 1832 and moved to virginia city nevada in 1859 during the california nevada mining boom if you've never heard or been to virginia city think of a stereotypical old west mining town and that's literally it she was one of the most popular sex workers at the time and was great friends with all of the miners in town. She made a lot of money uh, because of her shining personality and exceptional sexual prowess and would often donate to the city's fire stations. Because of this, she became an honorary member of Virginia and Engine Number no. 1. Jesus, that's the first one ever, probably. And was even elected queen during the Independence Day Parade. Hey. Oh, speaking of. On January 20th, 1867, Julia was found murdered in her bedroom. She was strangled and bludgeoned to death. The next day, a funeral procession took place down Main Street 
Thousands attended and the shops were shut down out of respect for her. She was truly loved by the entire town. A few months later, a man named John Million was arrested for her murder after attempting to sell uh, Jules clothes just a few towns away. He may or not, he may or may not have been the actual murderer, but like, hey, don't go selling the clothes of a recently murdered woman, my dude. He was charged and hanged on April 24th, 1868. Approximately 5,000 people attended his execution. Julia Boulette was truly a hero to her city and was memorialized after her death. Saloons hung pictures of her up on their walls. People wrote countless books about her life. And the Virginia and Truckee Railroad even named one of the rich people cars after her. Mm. <laughs> I actually first heard about Julia Boulette from my grandma who lives on a street that was dedicated to Miss Boulette. It's B-U-L-E-T-T-E if you want to look her up. Anyway, thank you both for bringing me joy during my work days. If you are reading this, I just want to tell everyone to go to into an archive once they reopen. Archives are filled with incredible materials and hardworking archivists slash librarians who are doing amazing work to preserve the history of everyone, not just old white dudes. <laughs> Stay sexy and support sex workers. Challenge. Challenge. That email truly had everything. It did. It was a great tale, you know? I I really liked it. And also, I think that's the kind of history that because of our pure cantanical country, mm. you know, like a sex worker like that would be the hero of this town or this area or a huge part of this community. And then that would kind of get erased, totally whitewashed from the history because how dare. Totally. Now we have Challen in there back and setting it straight. That's right. Man, librarians are cool. It's very cool. Yeah. You got library stories or archive stories? Fucking send them Ooh, in. Are you an archivist that discovered some crazy old fucking fascinating thing? Yeah. You want to hear about it? Or even if, I want to hear about even it. Even if you just found old rat bones, fucking <laughs> tell us about it. Snake old snake Describe skins. them. What do you, what's the weirdest thing you found in a book? You know what I mean? <laughs> snake skin. Old withering. Describe a snake skin wrapped in a rat bone to us. Okay. I just realized that I definitely have gone with a theme, but this is just the batch I got. But these are all harrowing medical stories, oh, essentially. That's a fun theme though. We but, don't yeah. We don't ever we don't take long to pick these. So there, if there's ever a theme, it's never on purpose. <laughs> no, it's it's fate. It okay. Is. That's fun though. I like it's a good theme. Um, okay, this email, the subject line is a groundhog almost murdered my dad. Hi, all. I'll jump right in because how can you not be intrigued? <laughs> I grew up on a farm in a very oh. rural, right? A very rural, um, county in Illinois in the 1970s. Groundhogs were not very popular with farmers because they would munch the tender new crops coming up in the fields and cause crop damage. Mm. My dad was a funny, sweet man with a buzz haircut who never got mad at anyone, but he was not fond of groundhogs. <laughs> he purposely would not allow anyone to hunt coyotes on our land because they were the natural predators of groundhogs and kept the population in check. I was in elementary school and my sister was in junior high when we got off the bus to an empty house. Our mom was a teacher in another town. Dad should have been there, but all we found was a note that said, I cut myself, went to the doctor, dad. The scene was pretty bloody, with bloody handprints on our avocado green telephone and the bathroom sink absolutely covered in blood. Even in fourth grade, we knew this was worse than just a cut. Uh. From there, details are a blur, but we got whisked off to a grandparent's house for a few days. This is how my dad told the story later. 
That day, he was working on his tractor near a shed in our woods when he saw a fat groundhog waddling uh. along and decided to choose violence and grabbed a hammer <laughs> from the toolbox and tried to chase down the guy. He caught up to it as he was as it was diving under a stack of old wooden fence posts. My dad <laughs> bent down swinging with the hammer at the same time, but did not judge a fence post with a sharply uh. angled end that was sticking out farther than the rest of the posts. Uh-uh. He hit his head on it and it cut a five inch gash in his scalp from just the front of his hairline to the back of the top of his head. This is hot. This is hot head scars themed again. Yes. It, I, <laughs> I, I swear to God, it was not conscious, but it's so obvious it's now as I'm reading it. Good. I have a passion. Uh, <laughs> also, because the head wounds bleed like crazy. Oh, right. Because the skin's so thin right there. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay, so he immediately felt the warm trickle of blood and crammed his cap back firmly on his head and calmly walked the three minutes back to the house. He went to the bathroom to assess the damage in the mirror when all the blood his hat had been holding splashed all over. Being that it was very rural, there was no 911 and no ambulance. He had to call the local funeral home (laughs) to get a ride in the hearse to the nearest hospital about an hour away. What? Talk. Talk about a conflict of interest, but that was a common practice at the time. <laughs> there, uh, if there had been someone to ride with him and keep pressure on the wound, it would not have gotten so much worse like it did. He lost so many pints of blood that he died on the operating table and had to be shocked back to life. Thankfully, he made it and got to come home a few days later. When he was strong enough to go back to the scene of the accident, there was the hammer laying next to a very dead groundhog. Rest in peace, little guy. My dad never fucked with groundhogs again. (laughs) Stay sexy and don't ride to the hospital in a hearse, Amy. (laughs) The conflict of interest part is my favorite. I know. That's so funny. It's it's so good. It's like rural accidents. I could listen to rural accident stories all day long because like... I can't ever think of the the suburb I grew grew up in and how... I mean, just completely different that life is. And I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. It's far away from things. You're far away (laughs) when it's almost like you move out to where no one lives and you start working with all the sharpest and most dangerous tools you could possibly be working with. Right. Right. And anger at little marmots or what are they? Rodents. What are badgers? I think maybe a rodent. Could be a mammal. Mammal. Could be a mammal. Okay. But this was a groundhog. That's right. I don't know if you want to talk about badgers separately, but (laughs) I would really love to talk about badgers. You don't mind for just a moment. Okay. Just for a second. This one is, I'm not playing the name of it. Hello, podcasters and podcasters with the W, like pause podcasters. Oh, and podcasters. Yes, podcasters. (laughs) Podcasters. Um, I may be a bit late on the celebrity encounters write in. App. That's there's never a too late. There, no, no never. nothing ever closes. None of our asks ever close. <laughs> that's right. And if they no do, files we just won't are read sealed. them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Once we've requested something, it's for life. Yep. But given that yesterday was a much uh, awaited inauguration day, I'm writing the story of when Kamala Harris touched my arm. I guess I could have read the 
the subject. It's the time I met Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I worked too many years at a luxury hotel in California. I knew I was in for it when I met Cameron Diaz on my first day and Kirsten Dunst the next week. Over the years, I learned to keep my cool when being asked by Zoe Deschanel for recommendations for, quote, lovely parks nearby, or when Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani jokingly invited me on their wine tour. <laughs> I've pointed Bill Nighy. What is it? Is it Nighy? Bill Nighy. Yeah. Nighy. I've pointed Bill Nighy to the restrooms and tried to upsell Lisa Vanderpump on a luxury suite. And then it says in parentheses, it didn't work. I'm a terrible salesperson. <laughs> if you can't upsell Lisa Vanderpump on anything. Yeah. She, yeah. But it's, she's made of money. I know. But isn't her whole thing like spending money? That's true. Always upgrade. If you ever get an option to upgrade, guys. I don't care where you are. Upgrade. That's not true. Uh, I once got treated to an impromptu concert by Pink, who started singing in the lobby. I, <gasps> I probably made my dad prouder of me than he'll ever be when I made Bill Murray laugh. <laughs> but brag, brag. I always treated those people just like that as people. <laughs> <laughs> I always stuck with the host. It's a series of name drops. I love it. But she treated them normally. But it's like, sure. Like, I, I, always, I always stuck with the hotel policy of discretion, except for now. Oops. <laughs> and not breaching the wall by acknowledging their fame and asking for an autograph or photo. All that changed when then-Senator Kamala Harris came to stay with her husband. I escorted them to their suite, and as I was leaving, I couldn't help myself. I blurted out, I voted for you! And wish, <laughs> and I wish I had thanked her for her service, but instead just blushed bright red and turned to leave. She put her hand on my shoulder, glanced at my name tag, then looked me in the eye and thanked me by name. In addition to the huge numerous milestones her vice presidency brings, I can now say that I've met the vice president of the U.S. And then it says in parentheses, and be proud to say so. Thank you for reading. I love your show and all you do. Stay sexy and vote. Elle. Elle, you can say that you met the first female vice yeah. president of uh, in history. That's that's something you tell your great grandkids someday. And they write into our great grandkids. <laughs> New podcast, <laughs> my favorite murder that they take. <laughs> Wait, our great grandpa. What's like a what's a paw for our pets? They took over the podcast. Oh, it's still it, pause. Yeah. yeah. Still pause. You, they write into uh, our p pets who are running the podcast by then because they've created the app that you can hear what the pets are saying. Whew. Tired. <laughs> 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 Whew. That concept was big and tough. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash 
slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines and June's journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Subject line of this last email of mine is, baby, let's get in the ball pit. Yeah, <laughs> ball pit stories, ball pit stories. Best friends, you recently asked for ball pit stories, so pull up a chair and sit a spell. I grew up in a very small town in Louisiana, very conservative and very religious. Every Tuesday in high school, I attended a Bible study at my town's McDonald's at 6.30 a.m. before school. Oh, those Christians love 6.30 in the morning. That's I wouldn't I'd be out immediately besides being a Rise a and shine and give God your glory, glory. No. Nah. Um, over our pancake platters with a side of Jesus. Jesus, my best friend and I started eyeing the ball pit. So we developed a plan. <laughs> we began to arrive a little bit early to Bible study with empty backpacks. For weeks, we filled those empty no. backpacks with balls and dumped them into the back of my 93 Ford Explorer until I had a full ball pit in that <laughs> beloved truck. Oh, 
High school parties in rural Louisiana meant backing trucks up in a circle around a bonfire, hanging in those truck beds, drink and drinking red dog. <laughs> my, my Jesus' pick, favorite alcoholic <laughs> beverage. Malt liquor. <laughs> my ball pit quickly became the hookup spot at these parties. Yes, ew. Vir- virginities were lost in the oh ball pit. <laughs> Look, the juxtaposition of Bible study balls and hookup balls is not lost on me, but the existential crisis of growing up in Southern Baptist, yeah. a Southern Baptist in rural Louisiana is the reason my therapist has a designer bag. <laughs> Oh my God. Stay, stay sexy and never trust what's in those balls, Ruth. P.S. As a nearly 40-year-old woman, I am deep in the throes of the most difficult time of my life thus far. Listening to your podcast has been a rock during this time. You have quite literally saved my life in some of the darkest moments, moments when I cling to your voices simply to stay alive. Thank you doesn't begin to cover it. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry. Isn't that lovely? That's hey, so Ruth. Ruth, thank you. And also, I have an assignment for you. I need you to write 10 essays about your existential crisis of growing up in Southern Baptist <laughs> rural Louisiana. Uh-huh. Because if that is one story, yeah. I bet there's fucking at least 10 more that we need to That's hear about. Right. And that memoir is called Backseat Ball Pit. <laughs> It's your memoirs. Please it's, tell us that you, uh, between parties, disinfected those balls. Because all I can think about is the many fluids that were on it and the germs before you even took them out of the ball pit. And then the ones that came after. No, no. It's basically, you're saying she didn't and they didn't. They're oh. high school students. OK, you're right. They're immune. <laughs> That's all I can think there, about. There's <laughs> what, she, what are they going to do? Rinse them the, down? The spilt beer hopefully disinfected some stuff. All right. The was, love, the was, love disinfected them. Oh, <clears throat> that was beautiful. Yes. Okay, my last one is called My Badass Mother, Indigenous Rights and Paul Brandt. Hello, my favorite murderino wine ants and crew. We're wine ants. Also favorite spelled with a U so that you know they're Canadian. Let's get right into it. I'm in small town, Alberta, socializing pretty much consists of hockey in the winter, swimming in rivers in the summer and doing all the suburban teenage shit you do in small towns. However, I was raised by my amazing, incredibly hippie mother. We are talking forest fort building, weird tea drinking and aromatherapy hippie, not your local urban outfitters loving oat milk latte drinking hippie. So an authentic hippie is what she's saying. So yeah, a real to, one. Yeah. So yeah. needless to, to say, there was never a dull moment in my childhood. Now, I could tell you several stories about me and my mom only speaking in British accents when we get bubble tea, the pudding fiasco, or the time she was in labor and only sent me a text. But by far the most amazing thing she has done in my eyes is assisting the Canadian government with programs to help find missing and murdered indigenous women. Mm-hmm. My stepdad is a well-known Blackfoot elder. Blackfoot is a prairie group of Canadian indigenous peoples and elder is more of a rank than an age thing and has traveled all over the world sharing his teachings. Recently, he and my mom have been working with the Canadian government, even through coronavirus, to help the families and friends of these lovely women who have lost their lives. One day, while my mom and stepdad were in one of these meetings, my mom realized that Paul Brandt, a very famous country singer in rural Alberta, and his wife were at the meeting, too. 
Paul and his wife do a lot of work with stopping human trafficking and educating those about MMIW, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. Now, it's polite and traditional to have a blessing in the form of a Blackfoot song to start or end a gathering of significance. And my mom was so freaking excited because she, a raging hippie and humanitarian with a perfect pitch, I might add, got to bless (laughs) Paul Branch with her beautiful voice and help put a stop to the atrocities happening in our own backyard. The tragic deaths and disappearances of these women are not something to be taken lightly. And it's people like my mom, stepdad, and everyone using their platform to amplify the voices the masses do not hear that are putting an end to these horrible happenings. Thank you for everything you do. Stay sexy and always be prepared to serenade the famous country singer, your Canadian friend, Gigi. Wow. Gigi. Imagine having such inspiring well, your mom's a nurse and your dad's a firefighter. So you do have inspiring parents. <laughs> no, but that's that's next level because that's uh, that's service. And that's really that's people working in an area and uh, with a problem that yeah. she's exactly right, that that people don't hear about enough or know about enough. Yeah. And. Like a group of people whose voices need to be amplified. Totally. And the fact that that is, it's starting to happen, you know, slowly but surely. Yeah. Um, but and but that kind of work is like, it's beautiful. It's thank God. It's really, a, it's really, it's got to be so inspiring to see your parents like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's such a great example of that's, that's what's that kind of social work and community work is for. It's caring about your neighbor. It's caring about the people in your country. You know what I mean? It's just like gets getting in there. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's classic hippie shit. That's what the hippies are all about. It's right. nothing to do with fucking urban outfitters. That's just style. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yeah. Hippies fucking are like fucking and shit. This stuff's real. <laughs> humanitarianism, is, not capitalism. It's humanitarianism and, it, and a little bit of weed which never hurt anybody <laughs> right, and man. is natural that's right tell us your stories of your inspiring parents we always love to hear that and uh, they have to be inspiring like Gigi's. that's right they have to be inspiring mess like Gigi's. they we need more scar stories oh right? yeah they have to be maybe survivors of terrible injuries that they they're self-inflicted <laughs> accidentally what good people they are <laughs> no i think separately also want like good star like scar stories too don't you think like how you got your fucking yes i'm scar. agreeing but doesn't that, have to that be on your agreeing. parent though oh sure send in a well-written story you know what that sounds like yeah. ruth did it you just heard a bunch think of, of what ruth just did <laughs> <laughs> she, she set something up. I'm Christian. I'm at, I'm at McDonald's at 6 a.m. But what you think I'm going to tell you is not. We're going to take a left turn into the ball pit. Now we're talking about stealing from McDonald's. It's something we always support. We'll always Please. support. Tell us about where you stole from McDonald's before. <gasps> Please. Anything. You know, I had a boyfriend Any who habit. worked there and the, they would just steal like the packages of the Monopoly cups when Monopoly came out. And sure. just fill each other's trunks with the monopoly pieces cut oh, to the documentary right. where it didn't matter anyway because no one was gonna win <laughs> it didn't matter and they didn't even know it uh, i love that documentary it was so good so what's much. it called mcmillions mcmillions good one. Oh yeah and then stay sexy and don't get murdered goodbye, goodbye. elvis do you want a cookie ah!